No, I... I always did like a man in a uniform. And that one fits you grand. Why don't you come up sometime and see me? I'm home every evening. Don't be afraid, I won't tell. But, uh... Come up, I'll tell your fortune. Ah, oh, you can be had. Hello, and welcome to The Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture in order from the very first award ceremony to someday the present year. This week, we are making our way through the 1932-1933 awards with the movie She Done Him Wrong. I'm Susan Raslin. I'm David Daw. And before we start this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our fans, Paul, who recently watched Frankenstein on our recommendation and noticed something that would have taken points off if I ever read the credits, which is that the movie is credited. Actually, let me find the exact screenshot because it's it's amazing. In the credits for Frankenstein, it reads, From the novel by Mrs. Percy B. Shelley. Oh boy. <laughs> so they might not have read the source material too carefully. We, we maybe gave them a little bit too much credit for the Victor thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is just mind-blowing. And also makes me feel like, from now on, we have to read the credits... Oh, God, no. Except I'm not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure not. So many of these movies, the moment the the end title card has come up, I've been like, oh, thank God I'm free. And like, the thought that like, there would be three more minutes where I just sit there and learn the names of every single person responsible for this. Not gonna do that. Oh, no, no. So anyway, on to She Done Him Wrong, the Mae West vanity project that we watched this week we have watched for sure worse movies than this one but i don't think i've turned on a movie the way that i turned on this one because for the first like 15 minutes the vanity projectness of it is kind of charming all anyone does for the first 10 minutes is talk about how fucking hot may west is like literally every single human (laughs) being is like She's so hot, it's unbelievable. And then yep. she shows up. There is immediately a, like, mammy-type African-American stereotype, and it's just all downhill from there. I had exactly the same experience where I was like, oh, great, this is just going to be a movie where a bunch of men fall all over themselves to set up Mae West for some great zingers. And that did not turn out to be the case. I mean, first of all, the vast majority of the setups for her great lines come from this incredibly stereotyped black woman who plays her maid, whose first line is, boy, Miss Lou, I sure do love working for you. And I'm like, are you serious? Wikipedia tells me that, like, Mae West was one of the few people that, like, didn't hire blackface actors for that part. And so I guess good on you, Mae West. But also, like, I... No. Like, also not good on you. Because who, boy, this character. I mean, literally the character's only characteristic other than wild caricature is talking about how much she loves working for Mae West and how much she loves Mae West. Which, like... 
not to step in the minefield that is Shanghai Express again, but at least Anna Mae Wong's character in that movie did have something going on with her other than her direct relationship to Shanghai Lily. But this was like, yeah, I had the same experience. Because, I mean, Mae West wrote some of the funniest quips ever, and that's not to say that they weren't here, but it was... It was a mess of a movie. You would think the movie would be, like, built around those. And instead, it's like this incredibly badly plotted series of criminal betrayals. And then occasionally everything will just stop dead so that Mae West can deliver a one-liner. And then it's back to this overcomplicated plots within plots within plots criminal enterprise thing. The two do not mesh at all at any point. The criminal enterprise thing is so convoluted. Her boss at a nightclub, who has apparently showered her in diamonds, is running a prostitution and counterfeiting ring that also involves sending girls to San Francisco to be pickpockets. Yeah. And he has these two... Boris and Natasha, Russian assistants. Yeah, one of which is literally named Russian Rita. Yeah, and her accent really makes Natasha No Goodniks sound super authentic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Natasha No Goodnik was like the second draft name they came up with when they realized in the 60s that, oh, actually, Russian Rita is taken. <laughs> we can't actually name her that. And they do something. For him, which, as far as I could tell, sort of amounts to, like, henching around being Russian. Yeah. <laughs> then there's one guy who keeps telling her, like, oh yeah, he's no good, Gus, the guy who runs the nightclub. And then Cary Grant plays the director of, like, the Bowery Mission, I guess? Yeah. Because they keep talking about how they're on the Bowery, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's the Bowery mission, which still exists, and, and which does good work if you're looking for a charity to contribute to. And no, they didn't pay us. <laughs> but also don't contribute to Cary Grant in this movie, because end of film plot twist, he's not actually running the city mission. He is an undercover federal agent who brings the whole thing down after a string of murders. <laughs> Seemingly yes. based on no new evidence. I have no idea why at why he couldn't have just arrested everyone at the start of the movie. Yeah, I, I was not clear on what came to light, where it was like, oh, okay, now after a few days we can do this, and not immediately. Anyway, obviously Mae West's character, whose name is Lou, has a crush on him because he's Carrie fucking Grant. Yes. <laughs> and for literally no other reason. I guess... To make some sort of snide one-liners about, you know, taking the the missionary and turning him bad. <laughs> That's the other weird thing is they play around with this theme of like, oh, he's the one that's trying to reform her. But she, she likes her life the way it is. And then all of that comes to nothing because he's not actually a missionary. He's not actually doing any of that. There's no reversal where like, oh, actually he didn't reform her. She got him to fall from grace. Like... He's a fed. He's not a missionary. Yeah. <laughs> and then she has this former boyfriend 
friend, I guess, who is in jail for stealing some of her diamonds, who, for whatever reason, she feels like she needs to go and visit him in jail and tell him that, like, no, I didn't betray you. And it's like, why do you need to do that? He's in jail. But of course he breaks out. Right, because he is so mad with lust after seeing Mae West again. That he breaks out of prison. So, like, actually going there was super counterproductive. (laughs) It was a terrible plan. Then, uh, for no apparent reason, Sergei, who is our Boris Nogutnik character, starts hitting on Mae West, which makes Russian Rita really upset. She goes after Mae West with a knife, and in one of the worst moments of fight choreography I think I've ever seen, somehow accidentally ends up being stabbed herself instead of Mae West, and dies. Which Mae West covers up by brushing her hair when the police come in, searching for her ex-boyfriend who broke out of jail. Which, like, how bad are these cops that they're just like, oh yeah, seems legit that this unmoving woman whose hair you're brushing is probably fine. I think it's like a my brother, my brother and me bit of just like, how easy was murder to get away with before DNA? She literally has her bodyguard just go hide the body. And then like, that's it. The cops never, she's, she's not guilty of murder now. Never comes back. Nobody is like, hey, we found this body of a dead woman that you definitely for sure murdered. It's just like, glad that problem solved forever. It's also just like, hey, has anyone seen Russian Rita? No? Don't care. Anyway, moving on. (sighs) Then Cary Grant handsomely finds the ex-boyfriend and then arrests, like, everybody. And then takes Lou into a horse-drawn carriage, but it's not to take her to jail. He takes some of her diamonds and then slips an engagement ring on her finger. And they have had, like, very little interaction at all. Never mind enough interaction that would lead him to be like, hey, it's cool. I don't care that you've been involved in a criminal enterprise and, like, probably killed a woman. Oh, actually, we don't even care about that. We don't know that you probably killed a woman. Do you want to get married? There's also an extra totally superfluous character who has this exact plot, announces at the start of the movie that his plan is to put Gus Jordan, her like beau and the guy that runs this nightclub in jail and then move in on Mae West after Gus is in jail And then he just gets shot completely unceremoniously five minutes before the end of the movie. Again, no one cares about all of these dead people. (laughs) And then Cary Grant is like, "Mm, seems like a great plan. I guess I'll do that exact thing. (laughs) End of film. There is an intervening bit that happens in this, what, like hour and ten minute film? Where right before they find Chick, but after he's escaped... There are 12 hours of musical numbers. Yes, I don't... Like, that's the thing, is I think we must have spent 10 solid minutes trying to sum up the plot of this film. The film is 66 minutes long, and fully a third of it, at least, is musical numbers. It may have been half. Yeah. 
you read the Wikipedia plot summary and like literally you're at these like last three paragraphs of just like, and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. And you're looking at your screen and you're like, is there a like second reel of this that Amazon forgot to give me? Because there's 10 minutes left in the thing. <laughs> no, just everything happens in the last 10 minutes. So much stuff happens simultaneously or in two lines. And like, uh, you are waiting around for a full 40 minutes in the middle of this film for something to happen. It's really belabored setup that then gets thrown completely out the window for people to just announce, now this complete other thing is happening. It is structurally one of the messiest movies we've watched, actually, I think. It is incredibly frustrating on so many levels. I wanted to like it so much because it's such a specific kind of vanity project. I genuinely do kind of love when people write a part for themselves that's like, they're the smartest, prettiest FBI agent to ever go to space. <laughs> and that's what I thought this was gonna be. And sometimes those things work out brilliantly. Like, that's what Hamilton is. Yeah. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda being like, I want to play the guy that all the ladies loved, who was totally brilliant and misunderstood, and the handsomest, youngest guy that ever did found America. And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's fine. Because it works. Because it's good. And this doesn't end up being that. I think what's particularly frustrating about it is it seems like if somebody had sat down with this script and with Mae West and been like, look, you want to be like the most desirable woman that ever walked the planet, who's also a talented singer and like very clever, fine. But we need to move some stuff around and change some things up. Or also just like... Yo, you want this movie to be about you and how hot you are. Let's take out this completely unnecessary criminal ring plot that is, like, taking up 40 minutes of this film. Like, just have two guys fight over you. That's fine. That can be a movie. That's a lot of movies. Or even have two guys fight over you who are criminals, and then you end up hooking up with the Fed, who was, like, not a missionary all along. But the rest of it is, like, it's just overly complicated for no particular reason. You could have done this story and stripped it down and made it a much more uh, compelling and interesting movie. So this was a thing that I had a lot of time to think about during the 47 hours of music. Musical sequences. <laughs> Susan, who is the him that she done wrong? You know, I... Hmm. I had this same thought. Because the only... Because it, cause it could be, I guess, chick... Well, hmm. I'm not entirely certain the she is Mae West. I can't say that with 100%. I assume. But, I like, the only person she does wrong is a woman who she murders. <laughs> Thinking through it, like, Gus, who is her boss, like, she didn't do anything bad to him, and the guy is pimping out girls. Sergey, she doesn't do anything to encourage him to randomly give her diamonds. I, th I, I mean, I think, she, I think she bangs him. I think it's implied they bang. Yeah, I'm sure. But that ain't doing him wrong. That for <laughs> sure ain't doing him wrong. No, I'm pretty sure that she did him right. Yeah. Chick Clark? I guess. I mean, how can you say that she did him wrong when he, like, violently robbed her of her stuff? Fuck that guy. Tries to murder her. Like, 
He done her wrong. That one doesn't work either. Nope. Maybe her bodyguard that gets rid of Rush and Rita's body. But nothing happens. Right, but like, (laughs) that's fine. It doesn't seem like he's going to jail for that. I am starting to suspect that the completely superfluous extra female character, Sally, who's just there to try to tragically commit suicide, let Mae West do a couple of good one-liners, and then yell about the prostitution slash pickpocketing ring, is just there so there can be a she that done... Well, no, she doesn't done anybody wrong. That doesn't even make sense. Nope. People do her wrong. Like, I don't don't think it's Cary Grant. It's physically impossible for Cary Grant to do a her, like, to be done, like, either way. (laughs) Right. Have you seen him? You can't do him wrong. You can't do him wrong. There is no wrong way to do Cary Grant. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I actually have no idea. It is low on my list of frustrations. But because I had a lot of free time in this movie where nothing else was going on, it it increasingly frustrated me as I was looking for the she and the him and the doing wrong. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that guy, Dan, who keeps being like, yeah, that Gus is up to no good. Well, again, that's not her. Chick shoots her. But he gets... Chick shoots that dude. (laughs) She didn't done him wrong. Well, now, okay. Well, okay. That may... That may be our best candidate because he gets shot indirectly because of her, because she signals that he should go up to that room where she does, in fact, know Chick is. But I thought that was so that he could, like, get the upper hand on Chick. And, like, it's not her fault that that plan didn't work. She was trying to get someone to, like, protect her life, which was in danger. That is the closest to her doing somebody wrong that is a male in the film but i i don't think it tracks i think it was really what's a a catchy title for this movie that has absolutely nothing to do with the movie but will get people to go and see it here's the thing though it was based on apparently a play it was called diamond lil that's a rad ass title like, just go with that. I don't know why we changed it to She Done Him Wrong. Like, that just seems like the boys in the ad department just felt like moving some deck chairs around. It didn't make the title any better. Like, I don't... Uh... <laughs> no, I, I don't really know what that was about at all. So, yeah. <laughs> Not the highest on my list of frustrations with this movie, but definitely something that is inexplicable. It's the one that, like, traps me every time. Everything else that frustrates me about this movie, I'm like, that sucked. But with this, with the title, I just am, I start, like, doing the Charlie Day serial killer wall. Like, maybe, I, maybe there's something. <laughs> but there's... But there's not. David, please tell me that you don't have, like, pushpins and strings happening in your apartment right now. (laughs) Just screen caps of every single character from this film with lines connecting all of them. Did she do him wrong? Let's look at every she. Did Russian Rita do anyone wrong? No, she was stabbed to death. I'm not even clear on what Russian Rita was doing as a henchwoman, other than just being, like, sinister appearing. She seems to just be there to be like, yes, I'm part of this criminal conspiracy. We crime together. That is the extent of her actual criminal actions within the film 
is like announcing the criminal actions that Gus does. Well, so one of my major frustrations with this movie, I keep wanting to say play, one of my major frustrations with this movie is the what's going on backstage while what's going on on stage juxtaposition. Because I think that that can be a really fun and exciting trope. And they just bomb it. Because they insist on us seeing the entirety of every musical number Then there's like 10 seconds of something Mm -hmm. that's happening backstage with this criminal being on the loose. Yeah. And then we go back to another three minute musical number. And none of the musical numbers seem to have any kind of like even symbolic importance to the plot. It's just like, well, we're in a cabaret, so people are going to sing some songs. No, and I'm sorry to come back to this again, but yes, I did spend the back half of this movie thinking, well, now surely there'll be a musical number called She Done Him Wrong. Surely that's what we're building to. We've done five musical numbers in this hour-long film. Surely one of them will just be the title of this film. You would be incorrect. No, you would be incorrect if you believed that were so. There is now at least an explanation for this, which is the Hayes Code banned the play. Uh, And Mm -hmm. they hated the play so much, they were not even allowed to use the word diamond in the title of this movie that was based on the play. That's how thoroughly they hated any association with the play. That is an explanation. I'm not going to say that it makes sense. (laughs) no but like i'm going to go like uh, all right well if it was like your 80th try in front of like the mpaa that just wanted to ban your movie fine i get where the title is just like i don't care just name it something (laughs) then i at least understand why this happened i mean they could have picked a different name though even he done her wrong would have made more sense. Oh God, yes. That because there's so many he's doing so many hers wrong. That's happening constantly. It's definitely a play where a bunch of dudes are not amazing to a bunch of women. Yes. I do want to talk about Pearl, Diamond Lou's maid. I guess she had to change it to Lou instead of Lil. <laughs> Because, man, that is not a thing that I can get over. It's bad. It doesn't ever get better. She doesn't ever have any, like, plot at any point. She doesn't do anything except what Mae West tells her to do. Because she is Mae West's servant. And she's happy about it. All the time. And it sucks. Real bad. The fact that she is always so bubbly and happy, there are bad things happening around her and she's not allowed to have any reaction to them other than, gee whiz, I sure do love working for you, Lou. There's not a lot of people allowed to show range in this movie. I guess Cary Grant, who plays both earnest and no-nonsense cop, that's about it. Everybody is a one-note character in this. It's just Pearl is a one-note character whose one-note is racist caricature. And that is super problematic. It is super problematic. I will say that I wrote down some of Mae West's better lines, but unfortunately, like, most of them are setups from Pearl. For instance... I don't remember what the setup was, but it was something that Pearl said about, you're so wealthy. Sure. To which Mae West says, I wasn't always rich. There were days when I didn't know where my next husband was coming from. Which was like, 
all right, that's funny. But why did this setup have to be so fucking racist? This isn't Mae West's fault, per se, but it was so frustrating to me that this is the movie that Come Up and See Me Sometime comes from, and that's not even the line. The line is like, and it's not even like the line is significantly different. It's just that the line is like, why don't you come up again and see me sometime? And you're like, it isn't even the, oh, God damn it. Like, it isn't, like, I don't even get that satisfaction from this film. Well, and it's not as pithy as, why don't you come up and see me sometime? (sighs) The other line that was great that unfortunately had a setup from Pearl that was like, here's a way of making her embarrassing. She says, I wouldn't want no policeman to catch me with no petticoat on. Wait, but the... Okay, but the vernacular there, like, doesn't scan because you used no correctly, quote-unquote correctly once, and no vernacularly another time. So what what are we saying? But then Mae West's response is, policeman, how about a fireman? And then all the ladies in the room laugh. And I'm like, yeah, okay, right on. Like, we're objectifying men. That's funny. It's, you know, putting the shoe on the other foot. But again, we have to have this totally stereotyped and vernacularly inconsistent line from Pearl in order to have the setup for it. Pearl is the worst example, but like, that is how all of the one-liners in this movie work. People just stop dead to give her this awkward setup so that she can do an admittedly pretty funny line. There is a real, like, Oh, that didn't make any sense, so I bet Mae West is about to say something funny. Quality to all of the setup lines? No one would ever say that human sentence, so Mae West is about to say something hilarious. Yep, that's not good writing. If you just, like, come up with little quips and then strong-arm everything around it, like, that's not good writing. Which is too bad, because really, like, on its surface, this is the kind of thing that I want to work, particularly in the 1930s, which is that a woman has written a script that puts the focus on her, that makes her the most important character in it, that flips the gaze so that it's not about this woman that every man wants from the perspective of men. It's about a woman that every one wants as a fantasy fulfillment from a woman. Except that it ends up being a mess. I wonder if this is just a relatively simple story in Diamond Lil of like a hot woman that every dude wants and they all want her to reform, but she's not going to reform because she's happy with her life. And like, I bet the Hayes Code would hate the shit out of that. But also it's just like such a better story than this milk toast nonsense crime drama that we've dropped Mae West into the middle of. And even as convoluted as the crime drama is, it's not smart, it's not challenging, except to one's patience. Given all the stuff that happens, it doesn't even play out as like, oh, another twist, because the none of the twists have time to land, because it's like, this guy gets shot dead. Three seconds later, they're all running to the back room. Suddenly, Cary Grant is there. Are you the Fed? Yes, I am definitely the Fed. Okay, you're all arrested now. Really? All of it? No, you're not. Let's get married. <laughs> and then... Why? The... <laughs> Why? We're getting very good at this because like we're half an hour in and I don't have anything else to say about it. I guess it's just time to rate and review this 
Very bad movie. So yeah, as far as the easier part, should you watch this movie? No. Don't. No. Just just like go somewhere and read the Mae West quotes that are on the internet. <laughs> I am going to like YouTube like Mae West supercut. <laughs> and, and see the best of Mae West. Two minutes, 15 seconds. Boom. This is going to, this is all you need. Just Google for the best of Mae West and watch that on YouTube and it'll be solid as shit, I bet. (laughs) Watch that. Don't watch this movie. Yeah, don't bother. As for a rating, this is a tough one because I I feel like... See, this is why I I wanted us to give like a token like three to a farewell to arms because like I want to give this lower than a farewell to arms. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Okay, so if if A Farewell to Arms is a three, if we're not, like, just saying it outright failed, which I'm still saying that it did, but I understand where where you're going with this. Yes. I mean, one, I feel like this movie outright fails because of Pearl. Like, we have back-to-back Fs. (laughs) Yes. I do also feel, though, that, like, there is a little bit of a, like, we're gonna be failing a lot of movies through the rest of the 30s and 40s. Okay. I want there to be more nuance than just it fails. Okay. Even though, like, it fails. Right. So it totally fails the screen test of time, period. But. Yes. From, like, an artistic stance, A Farewell to Arms is certainly head and shoulders above this movie. I mean, it has some beautiful, if not necessarily innovative cinematography, there is some good acting in it. Actually, I will say that as ludicrous as the plot is for this movie and as one-dimensional as the characters are, there's no acting that bothers me, except maybe for Russian Rita. No, and like, it is definitely the kind of thing where I think I've talked about this with a couple of other people before, but like the moment Cary Grant is there, you're like, this man is fucking famous as shit. Just give this man all the parts. <laughs> Put him in every movie. Dude, like, just, like, I, I just immediately, you're like, this motherfucker is a movie star. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every scene he is not in, even though Mae West is in it, and she is definitely a movie star as well. Mae West is playing the character that she wants to play more than anything else in the world, and I'm like, give Cary Grant his showboating moment, but like in everything ever. Yeah, I would agree. I I don't think the problem is acting in this. Like, I think a lot of people are doing their level best to fit the tone of this script. It's just the script is bad. The story is bad. But as far as like, I mean, what you're saying artistically, like this movie is, uh, it's a, it's a, disaster in a way that a farewell to arms was not a disaster the plot is nonsense the pacing of the plot is worse than nonsense it's worse than nonsense and the musical numbers which often can be a relief from a nonsensical plot i can't believe that i am saying this but in an ernst lubitsch film at least the musical numbers if they stand alone, are enjoyable and entertaining. Yes. It's just that in the context of his infuriatingly misogynistic plots, they make me want to set things on fire. Well, and then the thing is, we, like, still get an Ernst Lubitsch ending to this goddamn movie. Like <laughs> That's the, true! <laughs> like, we still get stuck with just, like, and now I declare me marry you. And... Th- <laughs> And the, like, at the end, it it's with even less setup than there is for that in an Ernst Lubitsch film. 
this is a failure on so many levels. It is amazing Mae West can prop it up as much as she does. And like in that way, like, yeah, Mae West is a movie star. But like, this is a failure of plotting. It's a failure of cinematography. It's a failure of pacing. It's a failure on just so many levels. But also Mae West is here and she has a couple of lines and we should let Mae West do that again because it's the thing that works besides looking at Cary Grant. We should also look at Cary Grant. I'm totally here for a movie that is well made where Mae West delivers a bunch of clever lines and I get to look at Cary Grant. Yeah. This was not that movie. (laughs) In fact, if people just want to make like memes that are pictures of Cary Grant with clever Mae West quotes over them, that would be a Tumblr that I would absolutely subscribe to. Also, if you want to just take the audio from that Best of Mae West YouTube that I recommended and then just do some, like, Ken Burns Civil War, like, slow pans across Cary Grant's face, that would, I would, that would also be good. Also great. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, like, what I want to rate this, I don't want to give it a one because it is on the level of, like, I can understand what people are saying. It is a better movie than in old Arizona. But it is about as nonsensical as Alibi, which I think I did give a one. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I think two is is the right choice here. It is not worthless because anything that has Cary Grant in it is by definition not worthless. But like, it doesn't succeed at being a movie. Like, this was a movie in the technical sense that it was released in theaters. It's super short. It doesn't tell a coherent story. I'd kind of rather this just be a, like, short film where Mae West has a couple of lines than trying to be a movie and and failing at that, basically. It would have been better as just a musical review of Mae West and Friends performing cabaret hits. Oh yeah, this should have just kind of had that Hollywood review of 1929 vibe of, like, Watching Mae West just like, let's put on a show would be pretty great. And that what that wasn't this. Nope. No, it was not. So don't watch this movie, but do look at Cary Grant. <laughs> yes. Next week, we have State Fair. Yeah, with Will Rogers, which that's exciting to me. I want to I wanna know what the deal is. And the return of Janet Gaynor, this time in a talkie. Okay. I don't think we've had a Janet Gaynor movie since the very first screen test of time. I'm going to look and make sure that's true. Unless she was in one of the three movies we couldn't watch for, or was it two movies we couldn't watch for 1930, 1931? No, this is just straight up the return of Janet Gaynor. And like, yeah, I'm excited because Janet Gaynor was definitely the best thing about Seventh Heaven. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to hear what she sounds like too. Let's hope that this movie with not enough plot on its Wikipedia summary and a mediocre poster turns out to be pretty great. Actually, do we have a rule about if the poster is bad, the movie is great? Or is it just if the poster is great, the movie is bad? I think it's just if the poster is great, the movie is bad. The poster is not inspiring. The poster makes this look like a 1950s thing they made you watch in class. But who knows? I'll tell you who doesn't know. Me. (laughs) But you know who's going to find out? Also me. Both of us. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So until next week. That was a movie. I I will grant it that. There you go. But only technically. Only technically. Only technically. By the definitions put forth by 
the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences. That was a movie. Oh, yeah. And also, if you were listening to this, it would be totally rad if you subscribed to our podcast and left us a review, which is a thing that we haven't thought to ask for in 26 weeks. So... If you want to do that. Yeah, if you if you really want to do us a solid, please write us a review on iTunes. It's it's hard to get. Their algorithm really cares about that shit for some reason. So that would that would really help us out and of course, you know, like and subscribe. Smash that like button. And we'll we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.